welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers, but we had a problem where we never actually sat down to take the time to write. Exactly. So to try and solve this this problem with, without us actually writing ourselves, we decided to issue a challenge. Each week, you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we read a story sent in by you wonderful listeners, and then we talk about what we learned in reading it. And then uh, we discuss the rest of the stories that were submitted. Exactamundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media, media production. production. Um, great. Yep, great. Uh, I'm hoping to go to New York soon. That's exciting. Yes, yes. You're you're moving out of the uh, the big nothing of Texas and moving to the Big Apple. Moving New out York. of the heart of Texas. To, to, you know the mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, deep in the heart. Are, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you? Yes. Are you hungry? Yes. 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 <laughs> Just all of them. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been nervous, actually, like, I, sometimes I, I, I think I almost hope not to get, uh, acceptance from a job application, just because it's, like, suddenly, it's much more real. Yeah, Um, so, but, yeah, I think I, I have one, maybe, it's not like a, it's not like a industry job, it's, it's a pretty normal, like, warehouse Mm -hmm. thing, but it means I can move, so, um, yeah, that's kind of ludicrous, and also, the housing market is kind of terrible in New York right now because the panic mm-hmm. pandemic is over, uh, obviously. So everyone's yeah. moving back now that COVID. the pandemic is over. Yeah. And uh, so are all the students that go to college there. So right now, all of the cheap apartments, the student apartments are getting snapped up. And um, yeah, so that makes it a little harder. Um, so it's not, a, mm-hmm. it's not a great timing. I really, really hope, wish that I had gone like four months ago because the housing market was a lot better then but yeah. it's fine it's fine it's fine it's yeah fine. i mean you know i i know that that uh, you've been talking about moving to the big apple for a while so i'm really happy for you but you know i think uh it should be okay i mean i know it is extremely uh scary just moving in in uh, general but you have found a couple of really solid places um hopefully those aren't like false re uh, reports i uh, know you were telling me about how how sometimes they'll say that, that that they have something on online but you know then you would call them and then they're saying oh sorry we sold our last uh apartment uh two two years ago um, but yeah, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to find something that's within your, not only your price range, but Hey, maybe you'll be, uh, right down there next to the Times square. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, not that that's a scam scenario, but there is a lot of scams that I've been dealing with so many like employment scams. It sucks. I hate it. Wait, wait, what? So, so what is that? Is that like they're falsely putting up? that they have a job opportunity or so it's basically it, there's a couple of different versions but um it might be like um it's it, it's a, a job posting and then you apply and you give them your information uh and then they text you to try to get more information they try to get like your social security and stuff and it's always like an offer that's like way too good to be true you know um like it's like yes you got accepted for a 30 dollars an hour position for something that requires no skills congrats Um, (laughs) we just really appreciate our workers and whatever or another one which is actually um it was an mlm thing and i didn't it for the job description and the website looks super legit and stuff 
Yeah. Um, but I did research, and the address that it's at is exactly the same address. Weird that um, a long series of different companies or different names that are also all MLMs. And they, apparently, they change their name like once a year or something, uh, just so mm. that people can't just Google their name Tracked and find them. it. Yeah. yeah. So when I Googled their name, um, nothing bad came up. But when I looked at the address, uh, a bunch of stuff about them being a scam came up. So that sucks. It really sucks. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Especially um, when you're trying so uh, desperately. I mean, you know what? You know, Hopefully you don't fall into a pyramid scheme. That would be pretty mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, hey, you you apparently found a, a really good one, and you've and you've already like looked into this job. Yeah, yeah, no, opportunity. A, yeah. Make sure that it's legit. So yeah, it's a, it's like a grocery service. I mean, I guess it kind of is like a multi level. Uh, it is kind of like a pyramid scheme because I'm at the bottom, and then I yeah. sell things to people, and then the money doesn't go to me; it goes to the people above me, and then they give me money. So kind well, of. Yeah. It's but kind of like you a are being scheme. paid fairly, yeah. Like yeah, for your, like for your labor, according to a minimum wage. Uh, I mm-hmm. it's a it's like a it's like a grocery. It's like Uber Eats, except I don't think I'm legally allowed to say that. Maybe yeah, it's it's like GoPuff. Yeah, except I'm not an independent contractor, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, benefits. we should do an actual. This is not the the uh, Alex's big big trip to. New York uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, Alex stuck stuck in the Big Apple. Home um, Home Alone Two. Alex in the Big City. I was thinking more Curious George kind of thing. Curious George. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't remember a single thing about Curious George besides I don't a Curious Monkey and uh, a man the, wearing big the worst hat. outfit I've ever seen. Yeah. What? I kind of like it. Well, no, because because it wasn't only the like big yellow hat. He had a he had a yellow jumpsuit. Was it a yellow jumpsuit? pants? Yes. He he oh, had I just a, remember a jacket. He had a he had a yellow jacket and a yellow pants and then he had brown shoes and he was the most boring human being I've ever seen. But he's like attractive. Sure, I, I guess he—he's—he is as attractive as a saltine cracker. It's not really. There's nothing special about it. Um, but it tastes when I good. googled, when I googled Curious George, and I scrolled down a little bit, um, very quickly you find an image of Curious George holding a gun, um, <laughs> and uh, he's like lying against. He's like leaning against the yellow hat, which has a bullet hole in it that is, Whoa. and it's bleeding. He did it. He finally. There's he, actually he multiple. There's a lot of images of Curious George holding guns, like a lot. Because well, I, 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 well, I think it's the like same way reason as like there were like a lot of pictures of like SpongeBob as a gangster. Would you or, like, like uh, a Curious George AK-47 vinyl sticker? It's only three dollars. Yes, from Neo three, Tactical please. Gear. Neo Tactical Gear. I don't like the sound of that company, and I guarantee. If you go into it, there's at least two American flags somewhere. So, moral of the story: don't let your kids Google Curious George, because you know, just just don't let your kids Google. Uh, yeah, because that's probably they can get in a lot of trouble. Idea. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> anyway. Um. Let's do the the podcast. What are the words this week, Travis? 
Yeah, thank you so much for uh, reminding me that we actually have a podcast to do. Um, But the words for this week were fences, arrow, develop, and negative. Great. Um, Those are words. What's the story that we're reading this week? Yeah, so the story we are going to be reading this week is by Flower Priest with An Ordinary Horror. Yeah, um, so I'm excited to get into the stories this month as they are nonfiction. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Flower Priest did incre- include a trigger warning for general teeth stuff mm-hmm. on their story. It's not the horrifying teeth stuff, but it is a little bit of teeth stuff. So if you don't like to listen to teeth stuff, um, you could skip forward like 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Can you, um, uh, can you like really quick say that five times fast? Teeth stuff? Teeth stuff? Teeth stuff? Yeah. Teeth stuff? stuff? Mm-hmm. Teeth stuff, teeth stuff, teeth stuff, teeth stuff. You're saying teeth, teeth stuff. stuff. You're saying teeth, teeth stuff. Perfect. Um, excellent. What was the... Why? Why? Why what? did we do that? Oh, um, it just sounded like a really good tongue twister. It, I guess, like toy boat. Yeah. Or uh, sit in solemn silence. Yeah. Etc. Anyway, uh, let's get into the story. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear it. So this is an ordinary horror by Flower Priest, um, and it's about a dentist appointment. So, again, the warning. This was my fault, the consequence of my vices catching up to me in a bloody, painful fashion. Just relax, the dentist said, as if that were an option. He was holding a cleaning tool I have never seen before. The sharp point expelled water as it scraped off the dirt of my teeth. I was used to electric brushes and bitter toothpastes for this part of the process, but this new guy was supposed to be the best in the city, and the best came with more efficient techniques. Efficient and painful. If you move, it will pierce your gums. I moved. God... I moved. How could I not? I hadn't laid on a chair like this in almost two years. A global plague superseding dental hygiene. I had gotten sloppy, indulged in the wrong habits, sweet reliefs in a bitter year. And now the evidence of my carelessness was displayed black and brown on white, like a white picket fence left to the elements to rot. While he did his work, his assistant held a small tube in my already crowded mouth. Sucking my saliva before I had a chance to bother the man's work or make me swallow at an inconvenient time. You never appreciate how much you swallow in an hour until that ability is deprived of you. The normal processes of the body interrupted by modern medicine. It feels unnatural to have your mouth filled with plastic, metal, and water that never goes down. Can you blame me for not being able to sit still? The dentist's tools certainly did. The sharp point stabbing my gums every time I involuntarily convulsed, pain moving like arrows through my skull, making me move again. The dentist resorted to holding my jaw still with his other hand, gloved fingers finding the soft folds of skin in my face. I tried to keep my eyes closed for most of this. The blinding light attached to the chair penetrated my semi-closed eyelids, 
making me see polarized illusions of an unreal world. My eyes reproduced negative stills of a broken camera, the nausea rising in my throat, abated by the helpful sucking tube. I opened my eyes near the end to find a dentist's face staring down at me. His gaze focused on finishing his work inside me as my gums bled and obscured his view. I tried to get out of his way, even though I was literally meant to be what he worked on. The dis this disconnect between my mind and body, the latter being a thing to be worked on, the first getting in the way of that, disconcerted me. In the isolation, I had found some common ground between the warring factions of my psyche that this simple dentist visit was threatening to unravel the fragile peace. I searched for anything to keep my mind on this, my field of vision severely limited by my circumstances. I focused on my dentist's face, his tired, wrinkled, brown eyes, a spot of dirt in his eyelashes that seemed to always to be on the verge of falling into my mouth. The absurdity of it made me smile, which helped my mouth keep open so they could finish cleaning before the hour was up. Driving away from the clinic, after being given strict instructions to brush frequently before my next appointment, I marveled at my triumph. It hadn't been easy, but the hour of pain had ended. So, to celebrate, I passed through a gas station and picked up a can of my favorite soda. <laughs> alright, alright. So this is a really good story. I, I love how the prose of of the story really establishes the violation that getting your teeth clean really feel really feels like um and i love how mentally conscious this uh main uh, character is how they're trying to to move out of the way of this person just like grinding their uh, their teeth but still getting pricked still still getting prodded um and i also like how it seems that the uh, doctor working on them really doesn't care because uh, I don't know if I told you, but I just recently went to uh, went to go and get my teeth cleaned, and that is exactly how <laughs> how it feels. That they could not care less about anything that that's really happening to you, and it it's it it really feels like they're like scrubbing uh, barnacles off of the side <laughs> of a boat. Like it's that level of of caring. Uh, mm. <laughs> So yeah, this uh, this story really hit hit home very much. So um, just you know the the constant thinking, the the sense of being sense of being violated, and then just wanting to relax and like drink a soda afterwards. So yeah, overall, I just really dig this the, uh, this story. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think everyone has maybe not horror stories about dentists, but definitely uncomfortable times it's interesting because yeah. um i don't know it's it's very like intimate it's in, it's so much maneuvering inside of your mouth there's yes it's also you know what i think what it is for me is that it's such an active role on the part of the person being like helped like when you go to the yes. doctor like you don't really have to do much uh you just you know just stay still or maybe like say, ah, you know, like there's not a lot of effort involved usually. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with the dentist, it's, it's like a, a test of endurance all the way through. Yeah. Right. Cause you, cause you have to control your, your tongue. You have to bite down on a thousand different pieces of, of metal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, which is which is interesting. I always had a problem with the uh, the light going in my face because as a kid, and we'd always go in the morning, and I'd be really tired, and then just like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was something about a bright light shining in my face that made me want to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I think probably because I was, you know, I was closing my eyes. Yeah. And it was like, try not to fall asleep while sharp metal things are inside of my mouth. And it was... It's also a bright light. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... And oof, um, the, like, the worst part, not to uh, die, uh, divert from the story, but the worst part is uh, when they have to like basically check the pockets uh, around your teeth. So, mm. so then they would take that like really sharp tool and literally stick it into that spot between your teeth and your gums and just pull it just Ow. to see how far it, it goes. And they'll do that for your entire mouth. Just, ugh. Is that what that it. is? Yeah. Hate it. Okay. I yeah. wasn't. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Um, anyway, let's talk about the actual, what actually story, is going on yeah. in the story. So, uh-huh. um, I think it'd be interesting to identify some of the the purposes. I think like one thing is just conveying how uncomfortable it is uh, yeah. for this and how much like they're being uh, poked and prodded, um, which I, I think is a major factor. Um, and I think another thing is, especially right at the end, just being like this person um, had trouble taking care of their teeth this year and then endures this horrible thing as a consequence of their actions, kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. And then doesn't seem to learn anything from it, which I think is really yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, the definitely drinking these these sodas is, is probably what, what got them there in the first place. But I uh, I really do like that, that ending, not only because mm-hmm. it is funny, but it also is this sort of, like, act of rebellion, that this mm. character is 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 going through in face of of the doctors not only being very cold towards them, um, but also you know hurting them, poking them, and um, uh, prodding them. You know, that's so, interesting. I hadn't yeah. considered it that way, but I, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. To where like this, to where like this might not be the the main thing, but this could be one of the big causes as to why their their teeth aren't aren't really that that good because the act of actually keeping your your teeth clean uh clean to their standards is more painful and and uncomfortable than as pleasant as uh drinking a nice fizzy pop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um so one thing i think is obviously this is this is do the right thing so not every story is gonna have like a cohesive theme already pulled together right because mm-hmm. where we are this is spontaneous but um i think expanding on what that like really making that um that last like joke really be like the last real hit of a a theme that's set up in the rest of the story right Mm -hmm. um like i I think it's great that like you're describing as it as a act of rebellion because that's exactly how it could be uh characterized like throughout this like being told to obey um you know don't move or i'll hurt you kind of stuff um sort of finding a, an act of rebellion of like, I'll hurt myself. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do yeah, or, or yeah. whatever else. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, I think really like with, with this story, the only thing that is um, the only thing that, that I think can be done to sort of in, improve it is that, so this main character has a re- really strong voice here, you know, a, a, a really strong sense of self. 
And I would have liked to sort of step outside of their head some sometimes. I mean, I, I know that there's so much happening to them and it is very focused, but I would have maybe liked a, a moment where they're getting their like teeth cleaned and then the uh, doc is trying to uh, talk to them because that mm. happens way too much while you're in that chair. Their fingers That's are deep in your true. mouth yes. and they're just talking to you. Okay, um, I see what you mean. Um so you're saying like to have a bit more of the like physical reality rather than just uh, like musings and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Even though I I do like the the musings. Oh I yeah. Think something that that can really ground it and also really improve the severity or the grossness of of like what is really happening is that we stay connected to this reality. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, yeah. you know, hey, I would, I would love to uh, figure out why isn't their mouth clean? You know, maybe, maybe they're worried, like, oh, um, I don't want them to say something about my smoking habit because I know that mm. I smoke much. You know, just like maybe them going in there with a lot more apprehension mixed with that dread would just make it a little bit more grounded for me. So, um, one. I, I think you, you have a point about the, the grounding because there's the, the moments that really felt good to me where like when we got a lot of sensation, like that, those sharp, you know, yeah pains, um, like I really love the pain moving like arrows through my skull. Um, like mm. I can, I, I, oh, it's bad. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, but some of the other stuff, like um, the dentist resorted to holding my jaw still with his other hand. So... I really like the next part of the sentence, which is gloved fingers finding the soft folds of skin in my face. That's great because, like, we feel the, those fingers. But I think, like, even going just a little bit further of, like, describing the texture of rubber on your face. Yes. Or, or saying, like, or just um, taking out the... Oh, I forget what, what part of uh, grammar it is. But the phrase, the dentist resorted to holding. Um, obviously, I, I think it's a a good structure it, it makes sense it it carries across multiple things not just what he's doing but like the resorted to it has some connotations that's good information but yeah um t- if you take that out and just have the dentist gripped my jaw still with Ooh. his other hand right that's like a lot more, more visceral aggressive and and direct because you are removing the distance of resorted to right mm-hmm. of um I think like infinitive verbs like holding feel less present than like single action uh, verbs. Like resorted is a single action verb, but because it's describing another verb that it does create that, that distance. Um, And that's just, that's not like, I'm not necessarily talking about specifically that example, but like using direct action verbs to describe sensations, I think is really good. Um, And and really makes us feel more grounded. Like, um, like an example of, of it being the, the sensation bringing us into the scene really well is um, the, the next paragraph. The blinding light attached to the chair penetrated my semi-closed eyelids. So that act, I, I felt that. I know what that feels like to have like the super bright light just like messing with your vision almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really like those parts. Um and I think, yeah, this is a really good uh, nonfiction piece. Uh, I think this is a great example of just like, yeah, take an innocuous um, 
uh, thing that's happened to you and just just reflect on it a little bit. Um, like it's just an unpleasant experience, but it's like very normal. But um, we can uh, get a lot of meaning out of it, right? The stuff about modern medicine being so unnatural feeling, but also mm-hmm. like it is necessary, you know, over a future period. Um, although maybe it doesn't feel necessary. Yeah, there's a lot you can draw from even a dentist visit. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and yeah, I uh, really like this uh, this story. Definitely has is bringing forth a lot of uh, uh, strong sin uh, sensations that I hate feeling. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much to uh, Flower Priest for allowing us to read your story on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into the listener submitted stories. Uh, the first story we are going to be talking about this week is by um, Glittering Coast. With the Golden Child. Yeah, so um, before we get into actually the, the stories proper, like, um, I feel, I think people were probably like a little bit intimidated by having to write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's totally understandable considering, like, I, I think it probably is a bit easier not to, um, like, not to be limited in your topic or, or like the way that you're approaching um, text. Um, so that's totally okay, and I understand that people. I'm I'm not going to tell people like just don't worry about it uh, and just you know do something rather than nothing. But like, because I understand that you do want to challenge yourself as just like a feeling of uh, not feeling like you have something to write about, um, and that's totally normal. Totally understand it, um, and I would just invite y'all to. Don't don't worry too much about what the topic is. It, it doesn't have to be something super like serious. It doesn't have to be something super heavy, especially because this challenge is going on for a whole four weeks, right? Um, so it's totally okay if you just like start talking about your day or, or um, about uh, just just an average thing. Like I, I would say, don't don't overthink what your topic is for for your nonfiction. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, not to, not to worry too much about it. So, um, so this story, uh, the golden child, um, is a self-reflection on how, um, the main character grew up, uh, being held up as like this perfect child in every way, um, with this like light shining on them. They were the golden child and they're described basically as like actually having skin of gold, um, or maybe like a uh, pottery, something that mm-hmm. can crack because that's what happens. Um, because as they grow up, the like the light that was on them um, goes away. Um, whenever it goes, whenever the light that's on them goes away, uh, they crack, um, and eventually that spotlight just like leaves. And uh, they're reflecting on like the relationship to their siblings uh, who have. Um, sort of suffered from being in the shadow, and that also hurts them. And we have this refrain going on uh, of not all that glitters is gold. Um, and uh, as they talk about how they're like feeling like, like they're missing pieces, um, something really bad happens to them, and they sort of like shatter. And so they're trying to rebuild themselves up. They, they're trying to protect themselves going forward, um, but having a lot of a hard time of it. And they sort of express this feeling of like no one fully understands um what uh what has happened to them and what they've like lost i really like this section um 
closer to the end of uh, when it's, I, I think, talking about, like, romantic partners. Some say that the cracks show character that she is more beautiful with them, but they didn't know her when she was whole. And I think that's a really strong and a bit sad of um, reflection on that, that sentiment. Uh-huh. And we, we finish off. Um, she wants to be the golden child to live up to the standards in others' minds. And yet, not all that glitters is gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, of of course, this is a, a really strong story. Um, uh, and I love how it just immediately brought me in with the concept of this golden child and how much it spends um, explaining the expectations of this child and like how and like why they are looked at as this golden child. Um and yeah, I I really do like how much this is, of course, focused on this main character, but also branches out to everything else that is affecting this main character. Uh, and we slowly see them uh, sort of wrestling with these expectations and then, of course, uh, shattering, you know. Um, and I just really enjoy not only that, that this story is, you know, willing to go there and is, is willing and is, and is willing to be very vulnerable in that aspect and really um, mm-hmm. take us through that. But at the same time, spending a the bulk of it talking about the after, talking about what it's like to actually be cracked and trying to put those pieces back uh, back together. And I also, too, really do uh, enjoy that like last section because it really speaks to me about trying to find someone who who either has those 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 same cracks or or has the glue that can put it to to together you know how this main character does feel that they are fractured that you know they are broken and that it's hard to find someone who is who is okay with that who is accepting of that or or has gone through something very similar so yeah i think that this story overall is just really expressing these really deep e emotions through this re reframe to where it's almost storytelling like you know mm-hmm. and i think that the that the repetition that's really present within the middle section does help with the flow of the story and sort of bringing us back to the the uh, the core of it is that this golden child is is now fractured and then they don't really know where to go from there. So yeah, overall, I I really loved reading this, and it, it it pulled me in very deeply, and I just loved everything that was happening within it. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I think uh, the the refrain that's going on there, not all that glitters is gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a good one. I like how it's sort of being used to reflect and how that meaning is sort of changing. I think um, focusing even more on that, I think uh, might like what is the metaphor with that and and how can we explore that um that idea of not all that glitters is gold i think would be um a good place to look at um but yeah i, I think the sort of self-reflection is is exactly what um we want from a, a non-fiction piece i think it's great uh thank you so much to uh glittering coast for uh, bringing us this story and uh, allowing us to talk about it mm-hmm. um but all right up up next is by blarry three four five with a cold experience, part three. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from that uh, sort of par- magical party that went into the woods and they're, they're going to find this beast. And that's exactly what happens here. Um, we have uh, these five members of this, this adventuring party. They go 
uh, into the woods to find this beast. And we see it, and it's it's really horrible. Uh, this mutated, you know, uh, like a desiccated looking thing. It looks like really like unhealthy. And uh, so they start to fight it, uh, but the main character like knows notices that something's wrong. Um, but it's too late. They're already fighting it, and it seems to have like this ability to sap all of the energy um, from someone, all of the livelihood. And so, without even much violence necessary, it totally incapacitates basically everyone, and it is inflicting violence. Like people are clearly like bleeding and dying. Um, but the main character uh, is able to run away, um, leaving the rest of the party probably to die behind. And basically, just the main character and the mage who um, gives them a boost of energy. They're the only ones that are able to escape. Um, yeah, so I really do like how the tension uh, within this piece is being set up. Uh, the description is, 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 is really great at, at sections. It is sparing, but, but, uh, when it really needs to really paint this, uh, uh this picture, it's, it's really there, there for it. Uh, and I love how the, I guess, fear of this beast grows over time. And, and then as, as party members start to get slashed and, and start to bleed out and die, I just, I just, I was really there for that tension. And and that was the main thing that really brought uh, that really brought me through this. How this beast is more of a daunting task than I thought it would be in the first place. So yeah, overall, I think that this story is just a, a really great lesson in attention, really, really building on on top of itself, uh, and also re releasing at like certain points that we're not really bored with it. So really great job overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Uh, I, I I'm interested in in that uh, Blarry three four five like went forward and, and got most of their uh, adventuring party uh, killed that they mm-hmm. weren't um, shy it. about that. Um, and I really like the description of of this beast because um, it is really horrifying looking, um, all like skin and bones and a mix of a bear and a deer. Yeah, it's it's good. Well, all right, our, our final story for this week is by Excalibur uh, with a untitled poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is um, the same person that we uh, read their poem on the podcast just a bit ago. Um, and they, again, did calligraphy. It's, it's very beautiful. Um, and it's just these two uh, stanzas? Stanzas, yes. Of... Um, I th- is it, how do you summarize a poem, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's sort of a, a dialogue between, um, not dialogue. It's a it's directed at um, a another subject that I think um, figuring out what, what that subject is is kind of the point of or a, a major factor in, in figuring out the meaning of the poem. Um, but the end sort of. Uh, the second stanza to me sort of has this feeling of um, like increasing regret um, as sort of like an outside force keeps them from um, being able to like move on or or realize something. Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a complicated web of feelings. It's it's very hard to summarize a poem without just like analyzing it um, yeah. entirely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 
overall, I, I really do love how this poem is, of course, pointed at, at someone, but it, it also gets this, it gives off this sense of being very trapped um, and how this person is really pining for that connection, it seems. But at the end of the day, it's their selves that is, that is holding their, their self back. It is their mm-hmm. regrets. It is their helplessness. Um, and yeah, there's the, that last line, um, fenced in by a will far from my own, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the, what the meaning is there. Um, yeah, like to me, I, I, I have that connection to like my depression and stuff. It feels like it's not my own will yeah. that keeps me from, from doing stuff, but it mm-hmm. sort of is at the same time. There's just a distance. Yeah. And you're distant from that, but either if it is from you or feeling that is not a, a part of you, it's still keep, it's still keeping you back. It's keeping you in this box. It's keeping you from making that connection, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, of 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 course, when it comes to to poems, um, the best way to really uh, to really understand it is to go deeper into a uh, analysis. Um, but of course, over overall, this this poem does a great job at establishing this tone right right out of the the gate, and then giving us other pieces for us to possibly put this puzzle to to together. But really, really great job overall. Yeah, I think it's um it's interesting. Uh, poetry is like very much like a different genre than nonfiction, but like it also is all nonfiction. nonfiction. Yeah. Like even I mean, I guess it's kind of getting to a point of like everything being a reflection of reality. Um because like even even poetry that is overtly like fictional in subject, like if you had a poem about werewolves, right? It's also actually about real life, right? Um, because that's just like where you, you pull the meaning from and where the meaning ends up. Right. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, but like at the same time, nonfiction can have like metaphors too. Right. So it's not like you can't have metaphors be nonfiction. Right. And then fiction also like doesn't happen, but also is a reflection of reality. So it kind of really, I don't know. It's making me think about how these genre lines are kind of blurred sort of arbitrary or not arbitrary but they are uh, a lot blurrier than we you think mm-hmm. oh yeah one 100 but uh um but okay let's uh let's let's wrap up <laughs> thank you everyone for submitting yeah thank you so much thank you to glittering coast thank you to flower priest and thank you, Blarry345. And thank you to Excaliburum. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. That's right. And if you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best place to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast. Um, you can turn on that notification bell and get the nif- notification whenever it comes out. Um, you can also go on the Discord where we discuss our stories, talk about how uh, best to uh, talk to each other and give critique and things. And um, and it's a, it's just a, it's a good place to dis- discuss uh, doof things. And it's free, so mm-hmm. you can just go do that. Um, <laughs> if you have any questions, like how to get into the Discord and you... Uh, forgot how to do that, you can send us an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com. 
Exactly. And if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to not only get the ability to vote on to vote on everything upcoming in Doof, but you'll also get access to exclusive bonus content. Um, that's right. Uh, of course, there's plenty going on. If you didn't catch the uh, game club on Into the Breach, uh, which was just this last weekend, or the book club on a, a Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, those are um, available. Well, speaking of uh, the, the bonus content, I'm very excited for it because uh, next week um, on the 18th is the next uh, The High Ground Mm -hmm. uh release which is one of my favorites of our uh bonus content so if you haven't already joined at that level that is um that would be a a great time so because you would have like i forget how many episodes they have now but it's like it's a it's a solid amount um and they're really 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 funny and of course so much else going on at doof media still uh much to say uh covering um the oc which is a wonderful like a, a comedic podcast very wholesome um it's really nice to just uh, Scott and Elise have just a, a wonderful rapport, and now they have a kid, which is wild. So if you want to hear about what that's like, <laughs> um, go listen to mm, what you say. Nice, nice. Well, all right. I think it's time to roll on into next week's words. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I go. I went ahead and, and rolled them. Would you like me to, to say Oh, yes. Them? Can you please tell me what next week's words are? Uh, next week's words are final, serve... Sin and ride. Okay, okay, okay. So final, as in the end, uh, the ending mm-hmm. of anything, really. It could be a final as in... Yeah, it could be a final as in a test. The mm-hmm. final as in finale. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the final. final uh, match in a tournament. Yes. And the next word is what? Serve. Serve. So to serve, like the movie you got served, basically it is to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought by basically you were gonna like launch into a summary of what that movie was like. Yeah, hey, it's a great movie. You uh, need to 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 watch it. Um, okay, but yeah, serve. It is to do a service for someone else uh, mm-hmm. or something else. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that's the the typical. Definition. If you wanted to make it um, a, a servant, that probably would be okay. Um, mm-hmm. You can also serve in tennis. So if we're talking about finals, if anyone oh, has sure. a. It has a nonfiction story about them being in a tennis, a, a tennis tournament yeah. uh, or watching one. That's an option. Um, uh, but you, you serve the tennis ball. I, I think it's also the same thing in um, in volleyball as well. Mm-hmm, yes. All, Net-based all the, games. Yeah all, yeah, all the net-based, beach-based games. Do you play mm-hmm. tennis at a beach? No. Okay, no. Well, I mean, like, you could, but it wouldn't be on the beach. You can't. Yeah, cause, be on a tennis yeah. court. Uh, but you could play ping pong. On the beach. Yeah. Beach pong? Beach pong. Mm-hmm. That's uh, volleyball. <laughs> basically. Uh, next up is sin. Sin, it is um, a wrongdoing. Typically, it, uh, it follows a uh, Christianic re- religious I- ideal. Uh, sins, as in, you know, murder, uh, adultery, all of that jazz. Sin is basically just a bad thing that one does. Um, um, and what's mm-hmm. the last one? Ride. 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 Uh, basically to go somewhere without you actually being the pilot and or driver. <laughs> well, you ride I mean, in the you car. Could, you could be. You could be the 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 person that's that's 
piloting it. Uh, like a, but, if it's a horse, you're, you're riding a horse. Well, yes, yes. I, I guess I was thinking riding a more motorcycle. so when it comes to uh, motorized vehicles. Because you yeah, drive I guess you don't ride a, a car. car. Yeah, and right. you you would pilot a plane, not ride a plane. Even mm, mm. do you ride a plane, or or, or are you a passenger a... on a plane? So I don't know. The commonality between horse and uh, motorcycle and bike to me is that you're sitting on top of it. You're yes. not enclosed by it. That's true. That's that's the the overlap I see. Yeah, but you also ride in a car. But you're that's in true. a car. You don't ride a, a car. Mm, I see right. that. I see that. Okay. That's so, a good point. That's a good point. So riding is inherently to be on some sort of uh, vehicle or some sort of transportative uh, d- a device, but you have to be on top of it, typically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And mm. we're not going to talk about that uh, type of riding that is a sin. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. None of that. Uh, so, so tell me, uh, Jack- what is your oh, story uh, for next week? Good, uh, good question. You, <laughs> you did. You did. Um, okay, so I'm uh, I'm going to talk about the final, the final ride. Uh, so it was, it was the final ride of Maximum Ride, which is the ah, pr- protagonist of... <laughs> oh, were you? I yes. haven't even read Maximum Ride, so I can't what? even make like a good reference. I'm sorry. It's very bad. Um, well, okay, fine, fine. It's Minimum Ride. Ooh. Minimum Ride is... Uh, he's, he's the alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> maximum Ride. Uh, so Final Ride, sorry. I'm, I, I keep repeating myself instead of actually telling a story. Um, he is uh, doing horse tennis... Um, where so you ride oh god you a lot of riding uh where you serve the tennis ball uh, while riding a horse it's just like a very 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 long um tennis court you know like the fence just keeps going and so you ride the horse along the fence and so you served it um and uh then um someone he like hit the horse too hard with the racket, he actually like missed the ball and hit the hit the horse's head mm-hmm. with the racket, and oh. that is a mortal sin in horse tennis, and he's been banned from the from the sport forever, and also from horses. Horses universally um, hate him. So that was the final ride of minimum ride in horse tennis. That's wow, my story. That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was horse tennis first and foremost, but. It's kind of horrible what a minimum ride did to that horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually didn't that happen in the Olympics, basically. Not, like not with the tennis racket, but like there was a woman uh, during like a some horse, some horse based sport. She like hit the horse too hard, and then the horse hated her, and so she, like she wasn't able to do really anything. Oh, um, I don't. I don't. I mean that that seems very plausible, but I don't know if mm-hmm. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you know, hey, horses have feelings too. So my story next week is going to be fan fiction of the very popular movie Drive. This one's called okay. Ride. Basically, <laughs> this takes place after the movie. Granted, I don't really remember how that movie ended. But basically, uh, Ryan Gosling's character, instead of being a mm-hmm. getaway driver, he is now a server at, at a local diner. Um, uh-huh. And it's it's actually a very slow movie, very very introspective when he's just sort of right. when he's just sort of grappling with his previous sins because uh, he's actually killed like quite a bit of people um <laughs> so he's pretty much doing that for the entire two hours uh what were the first two words 
the only one you have left is final. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this will act as the final chapter of of his life uh, because sadly he gets so depressed um, that that he goes to a bridge and he is about to to jump, but then off in the distance he he sees a car speeding by, and then he sort of realizes that his true calling is to be a uh, getaway driver once again. And this goes into Drive 2. Drive Harder. So the name of the movie is Ride, Drive 2, Drive Harder. No, 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 no. The the name of this movie is Ride. But the sequel Uh to Drive is Drive (laughs) 2, Drive Harder. So, you know, this is a sequel, technically, but it's not a proper sequel. So it's like a... It's like a... A branch. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like people don't have to see this movie if you're going to see Drive 2, Drive Harder. So this is part of the Drive uh, Extended Universe, yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's the uh, Drive CU, the DCU. This is this is Drive Legends. Oh, yes. Dr- it's the Drive Saga. Drive Saga. All right, uh, that's that's uh, that's it. That's um, that's all we have. Yeah. That's that's we did the right thing. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Goodbye. I I think you're wonderful. Yeah. I adore every one of you listeners. Yes, please Truly. come to my house. We'll have a, a party. Legitimately, I mean, I mean, it would be really creepy. But if someone reached out, it's like I'm in, I'm in your, I'm in Texas. Do you want to get a coffee? I'd probably say yes. Yeah, yeah. As long as if you I'm know. not in New York, mm-hmm. a very central place. Exactly. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm